So first of all, we looked at connecting to Christ's power in our personal lives, didn't we? Remember, we looked at the war, that war against self. And then we looked at the will, the CEO of your life, choosing to connect to God so that you can resist temptation. And then we looked at the way, which we split into two parts, the superpower, Jesus Christ. We talked about talking to him in prayer and reading his word. And then we learned about surrender, true surrender of the heart. We'll never get victory unless we learn to surrender that self. And then section two, that's what we're in presently. And we're looking at connecting our marriages to Christ's power. If you're not married, we're looking at connecting your most significant relationships to God. First of all, we looked at, can you hear me? Remember, we found out that 66% of Americans have a cell phone, yet 50% of marriages are falling apart because we're talking, but we're not talking to each other. And then last night, we talked about judging, and we saw that the only way to overcome judging is to have heaven-born love in our hearts. We took a, a, just a snapshot at 1 Corinthians 13. Tonight, we're going to look at the Tardis. Does anybody know what a TARDIS is? Great. Frank, do you know? He's an Englishman. Do you know what a TARDIS is? Great. Okay, so I got some. To come, tomorrow night, tomorrow night we're going to start looking at connecting our families to Christ's power. We're going to look at lead, not push. That's a parenting message. How many parents do we have here? How many parents of small children? Okay, great. I've got small children. Then we're going to look at family time. doesn't matter how old your children are. Family time. It's one of the greatest things that has happened in my life, family time. And then the last one in the parenting section is called ABCs, authority, boundaries, and consequences. I think you'll find that pretty interesting. But tonight, we're going to look at TARDIS. What is a TARDIS, you might ask? Well, that is a TARDIS. Have you ever seen one of those before? This was back, it's a, it's a little blue building there, about four foot square. Here it is actually in a museum in Oxford. But what it was, it was before they had call boxes in England, they had these on street corners, these uh, police boxes. And if there was trouble in the town, you could go in there and as soon as you picked up the receiver, it connected you to the police station. So the police would mostly use it, but the public could go in there and use it. You couldn't make calls. You could only just lift and speak to the police. Now, that's it on the outside. And this is it on the inside. You didn't expect that, did you? Actually, the inside, I couldn't get all the pictures I wanted, but the inside is very big. It has a cricket pavilion in there. It has um, a swimming pool. It has several acres of hanging gardens so it's small on the outside and it's big on the inside. Now, you know that's just fictitious. They just made a TV program out of it. It's not really like that. But what's that got to do with marriage, you might ask? I want to let you know that the little things, the small things in life are very big in reality. Flowers. How many of you ladies like flowers? Flowers. A flower is a big thing to you. What if your husband comes home and he buys you a bouquet? Do you think your smile would be as big as her smile? Big things aren't necessarily so, or flowers aren't so big to men. You know, we can walk past them in Costco and it doesn't even stir anything inside. The ladies can't do that. But how about football? Huh? 
the ladies, the ladies could pass by football, but the guys almost get engrossed in it. Well, I'm, I'm, you like football. Well, we've done a role switch because I don't like football. We all ha- are attracted by different things, but small things to one person are a very big thing to another person, and especially in a marriage because men and ladies have different things that they count big. Let me tell you a little story about a bent spoon. <clears throat> My wife and I, before we lived over here in the U.S., we lived in Ireland. But before we lived in Ireland, we lived in England. That's where we were born and raised. And before we settled down in England, we had been in the mission field. We came back from Africa. We came back penniless, carless, homeless, been married two years, and we had nothing, absolutely nothing. We had about $1,000 cash that we brought back from the mission field with us. I got a job, a, a good-paying job, so now we needed to find a home. So first of all, we, we just looked in the paper, and we found that for what I was going to be earning, we could, we could afford about a two-bedroom apartment in town. That was fine. We were happy with that. But we had this burden to live more out in the country. Anyway, I was looking through the newspaper one day, and there was this ad for a cottage in the country, a 400-year-old, recently perfectly restored, grassed roof cottage. Right in the heart of Warwickshire, now the name Leek Wootton doesn't mean anything to you, but Leek Wootton is a very prestigious village in the centre of England, only has about 300 houses, most of them very wealthy, seven millionaires, it was a dream place to live, and that's where this cottage was, and it was £375 a month, which was about $500 a month, this was 15 years ago, and that was about what we could afford. So I called up, I don't know why it was so cheap, I called up, and the lady said, you know, we have had so many people calling us. And you can imagine they had. So she said, you're number seven on the list. We'll give you a call if we get to you to have a look. Well, they gave us a call a couple of days later. And they said, do you want to come and look at it? So I said, yes, we do. So we went there. Any of you ladies or men ever fallen in love with property? My wife was instantly in love. She saw the grass roof and she saw the gardens and the sprinkling system, and everything was just beautiful. Anyway, so we toured around. All the furniture was all oak, and the windows were oak, and the doors were authentic. Actually, the owner had restored it himself. That's what his business was. And we wanted it. We did want it, because it was about the price we could afford. Why it was so cheap, I don't know. So as we went around, the only part of that whole property that wasn't immaculate was the garage door. Not the overhead door, but the side door. It was kind of falling off and the latch was broken. And as we came out of the garage, the lady who was showing us around, which was the owner's wife, she tried to shut the door. She was trying to shut the door and it wouldn't shut. And she said, oh, just leave it. Well, lying on the floor, I noticed a bent spoon. So I picked up the bent spoon and I poked it through the little latch there and it kept the door closed. And I just followed them into the kitchen. And she turned around and she looked at me, kind of astonished. I don't know what that was. Anyway, she showed us around the rest of the house, and she says, well, you know, we'll call you if it's yours. Well, about two days later, they called us and said, it's yours. And she said, when I saw you pick up that bent spoon and fix that door, we knew you'd take care of the rest of the property. It was their pride and joy. It was their home. A bent spoon. That's, you can't, we didn't get any good pictures of it. We only lived there for a couple of years, but that gives you a little bit of an idea 
And then that's it from the front. And that's it from the, the backyard. It was a beautiful place. God gave us that because we picked up a bent spoon. Only a little tiny thing, but while I'm, I'm using that as an illustration, little things go a long way. All over a bent spoon. So, is God interested in little things? Yes, he certainly is. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, Luke tells us. One more story from the Bible. Little things. It was only a little bite. Out of a little bit of fruit, was it a big thing? They had to leave the garden. You know, God is a God of love, but you know, he's pretty strict when it comes down to it. They left the garden. I encourage you, find power for your marriage in the little things of daily life. Maybe it's just buying some flowers. Maybe it's whatever it is. You fill in the blank. But God will prompt you to do some little thing for your spouse in the next couple of days. Do it. There's power in little things. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.